Well, I'm going to jump right into our message, so go to Luke chapter 20, if you would. Luke chapter 20, and I'm going to use the same verses as we started with this morning. I'm just not going to take a whole lot of time uh, to, to go through and, and develop a lot of the thoughts, but I do want to use them as the same starting place. Uh, some of you weren't in this morning, and I want you to see where we're, where we're starting from. Luke chapter 20, and in verse number 19, the scribes and tr- chief priests Uh, They don't like what Jesus is saying. Uh, He just told a parable about them, made them look bad, and they don't don't like it. Uh, So they want to, as the Bible says, lay hands on him. They want to get rid of him, and uh, they want to get rid of that pricking of their conscience. They they want to get rid of that person that's telling them that they're doing wrong. And uh, so uh, Luke chapter 20, verse 19, and the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him, that's Jesus, and they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. In verses 9 through 18, you have that parable. We looked at it this morning. Verse 20, and they watched him and sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just men. So they sent spies who were pretending like they were good guys, that they might take hold of his words. This is an interesting statement. Here's the scribes, the people who have the job of copying the Word of God, spreading the Word of God, and teaching the Word of God, who are not listening to who the Bible says is the Word of God. Jesus, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. Not only do they not like what the Word of God is saying, Jesus, the Word of God in the flesh, But the Bible says there in verse 20, these scribes, their desire was to take hold of his words. They wanted to do something with his words. They they wanted to use his words against him. And verse 21, they asked him, and they talked to him about the, uh, the, is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar? Uh, Jesus answers just in an amazing way. They didn't expect it coming. Verse uh, 25, render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. And the Bible says, verse 26, they could not take hold of his words before the people. Here's the word of God standing before them. They're trying to twist his words, pervert his words, use his words against him. And they couldn't do it. The Bible says they couldn't do it before the people. The devil has been trying to twist, pervert, change, contradict the words of God since the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. And we talked about that last week, how the devil questioned God's words. And then he contradicted God's words. And then he changed God's words. And that is exactly what we see happening in the new versions. We call them modern versions of the Bible. Ever since the late 1880s, a new Greek text came out, and nearly every single new Bible version has come from that new Greek text. And hundreds of Bible versions have come out, and they've changed uh, so many doctrines, which we will preach about next week, Sunday morning and Sunday night, because there's so many doctrines that have been attacked in the new Bible versions. But I want you to understand that uh, whether they say they do or not, just about every, all of the mainline New Bible versions come from a Greek text that was translated and edited by two men named Westcott and Hort. Their full names are Brooke Foss Westcott and Fenton John Anthony Hort. These two men 
uh, were part of the Church of England, uh, the Anglican Church. If you know your history, you know that the Church of England is basically the Catholic Church made over for England. And uh, King Henry uh, didn't like the fact that the Catholic Church wouldn't let him get married or divorce his wife and marry another wife. So he said, uh, I think they said fooey back then. He said fooey with the Catholic Church. Um, he, didn't, he didn't want to be part of that church anymore because the Pope wouldn't let him divorce his wife. So um, he said, I'm gonna st- we'll start our own church. So they moved the Catholic Church into England. They called it the Church of England. Same religion, same false doctrines. And it is now known as the, what was called the Anglican Church and now the Episcopal Church. And so um, these men, Brooke Foss, Westcott, Fenton, and John Anthony Hort, part of the Anglican Church, these are the ones who translated from corrupt manuscripts that you can track back to uh, the Latin Vulgate, you could track back to Jerome, you could track back to uh, Origen and Clement, way back in Alexandria, Egypt, you could track back to Sinaiticus, uh, Vaticanus, these two um, corrupt manuscripts, and they used these corrupt manuscripts to make a new Greek text, and that is the text that the new versions of the Bible come from. Now, there are some new versions of the Bible that would say we um, translated this after the pattern of the King James Bible, or we, uh, in the tradition of the King James Bible, they will say that. But as last Sunday, I believe it was last Sunday night, Sunday night or Sunday morning, I gave you verse after verse after verse totally removed from the new versions of the Bible. And what you're going to find out is Nearly every one of the new versions in the Bible, they follow that same pattern, the pattern given to us by Westcott and Hort. And um, if they don't take it straight, just straight take it out of the Scripture, they will put it in there, but they'll put a footnote next to it saying, basically, this doesn't belong there. So sometimes they leave it there, but they say in the footnote that the, most, uh, the oldest and most reliable manuscripts do not contain this word or this verse. Or, in the oldest and most reliable manuscripts, this word should be, and they'll tell you a word that fits right in with the other new modern Bible versions. Where did we get all those from? Well, you can trace them back to the late 1880s to two men, Westcott and Hort. We just usually go by their last names. Because their other names are a big mouthful. I want to talk about them tonight because I believe when Jesus said to those people there that he was talking to, he was teaching, he said, beware of the scribes. Beware of the scribes. And he gave us some reasons for being aware, being aware of the scribes. I'm not going to go back into those. We went through those this morning. But the, the two scribes or If you want to say it this way, nowadays we don't say the word scribe anymore often. We usually use the word scholar, educated person, Bible scholar. And these two Bible scholars um, from Cambridge University there in England had a huge influence on us today. Because of the Greek manuscript or the Greek text, not manuscript, the Greek text, that they gave us from these corrupt manuscripts, the majority of Christians in the world today, this is a scary thought, the majority of Christians in the world today are reading 
what they, they believe is to be the Bible, and it comes from Westcott and Hort, these Anglican uh, leaders in the church, who, uh, which comes from the Catholic Church, who got the manuscripts that were rejected uh, by, by the Christians for hundreds of years, and uh, not the received text or Textus Receptus, but these other texts, the 5% of texts that don't even, or manuscripts that don't even agree with each other, and they got the words from that. They mixed their own false doctrine in with it, and they gave us the new versions of the Bible. All over the world, the majority of Christians are using Bibles that come from corrupt manuscripts. And I want you to see why we need to beware of those particular scribes. There are others, there are editors, there are translators, but these two, kind of like Darwin had such a huge influence. Just think about it. What influence did Darwin, okay, same time period, late 1800s, what influence has Darwin had on us? Just think about that for a minute. I don't know that he knew he would have such a huge influence. I don't know that he knew he was going to um, create a new way for people to think that the, the origin of the species, that the earth came around. Uh, at his time, when Darwin was alive, the, the majority of Christians, almost all of the Christians, believed what the Bible said. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Other people didn't believe that, but there are people that didn't believe the Bible. But at, least, at least the Bible believers believed that God created the heaven and the earth. Then Darwin comes along, and so many Christians now believe that somehow God used evolution to create the world. Because you try to get the Bible to fit with Darwin, this one guy that uh, you, you study his life, he shouldn't have had the influence that he did, but he did. Right, so he wrote this book on the origin of species, and that had an influence. Our schools all teach evolution. Our kids have grown up. My generation has grown up being taught and pushed elementary, middle school, high school, college, university, being pushed that evolution is how everything happened. They don't even treat it as a theory anymore. Just call it a fact. The James Webb Telescope. I was looking at images today. I showed Brother Brandon some of the images. It was just amazing what you can see with this telescope. They look at that and say, here's the comments I read today. How, how is it that we're seeing light from stars that happened that um, came into existence 47 billion years ago when the universe is only 13 billion years old? We've got a problem here. And so, there, there's, but, but here's what they're doing. They look at the evidence and they just interpret it totally wrong. Why? This guy named Darwin and some others, um, Huxley and some others, and, and they've, they've influenced us. In the same way, Westcott and Hoare in, have influenced us. I'll give you an example. I, uh, when, when, when COVID really, really hit hard, um, was, was that, let's see, that would have been March of 2020. Remember where you were March 2020? Just about every church shut down. Stores shut down. I remember standing outside Walmart in a line because they would only let a few people in the whole. Walmart was empty. Crazy, all this crazy stuff. And, and, and I remember one of a, a pastor who has 
a Baptist, independent Baptist pastor, younger than me, has come out very strongly against the King James Version of the Bible. He's pushing different versions of the Bible. He's promoting the idea that there really isn't one best or perfect version of the Bible. Um, and that, so, but that, that's his pastor. And he made a statement, something like this. I'm excited about what God is going to do with this crisis in America. And I remember thinking... Well, he, he referenced past crises. Crises? Is that how you say it? Plural of crisis. He, he referenced past times when there were problems. And he said, look what God has done in the past when problems came to America. And you got the, then he referenced like, like the Spanish flu and all these, uh, the Great Depression and all these things. And look what happened to America. It made us stronger. It made us better. I'm excited what's going to happen. But there's a difference. Those times when it happened, we actually had a Bible. And people had the Word of God to turn to. But since the, especially since the 1970s, now it started late 1800s, but especially since the 1970s, the majority of people in our country and in our world, if they wanted to turn to the Bible to find answers, they're not going to find a Bible. They're going to find something similar to a Bible, but the words have been changed. Thousands of words dropped out. That comes from a corrupt manuscript influenced by Westcott and Horp. So I've got about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, and I want you to listen who were Westcott and Hort. The spokesman for Zonderman, Zonderman Publishing said, all subsequent versions from the revised version to those of the present have adopted their basic approach and have accepted the Westcott and Hort Greek text. D.A. Carson, the author of the King James Version debate, uh, published by Baker House, it also publishes other uh, translations, said this, The theories of Westcott and Hort are almost universally accepted today. It is on, that base, on this basis the Bible translators since 1881 have, as compared with the King James Version, left out some things and added a few others. That's what they'll, that's what they'll tell you. And, but, but they will say... It's because of the older and more reliable manuscripts that the King James Version has left, I'm sorry, that these other versions have left out things that the King James Version had. They won't tell you it's because Westcott and Hort changed it. They will say it's because older and more reliable manuscripts um, didn't have it. Uh, the vast majority of evangelical scholars hold that the basic textual theories of Westcott and Hort were right, and the church stands greatly in their debt. The Haley's Bible Handbook, I have the Haley's Bible Handbook in my office, says this, The New Testament Westcott and Hort Greek texts, which in the main are the exact original Bible words. Young's Concordance of the Bible says this, For the English-speaking world, the work of Westcott has proved of abiding worth. The book, Introduction to New Testament Textual Criticism, the books that Bible scholars study, says this, the textual theories of Westcott and Horp underlies virtually all subsequent work in New Testament textual criticism. Wilbur Pickering wrote a book called The Identity of the New Testament Text. He said this, The dead hand of Fenton Anthony Hort lies heavy upon us. The two most popular manual editions of the Greek text today, the Nestle Allen and the United Bible Society, those are two different Greek texts, which are almost identical now, they've just come together, uh, really very little 
Very, V-A-R-Y. There, there are very little difference between them and the Westcott and Hort text. Why is this? Westcott and Hort are generally credited with having furnished the death blow to the Textus Receptus and the KJV. Subsequent scholarship has tended to recognize Hort's mistake. The Westcott-Hort critical theory is erroneous at every point. So he was against Westcott and Hort's theory. Um, this other man wrote this. It's a book, a full account and collation and coalition of the Greek curse of Codex Evangelism. It's a big, long title. He says this. The text printed by Westcott and Hort has been accepted as the true text, and grammars works on the synoptic problem, works on higher criticism, and others have been grounded on this text. These foundations must be demolished. They had a huge influence on our generation. If it wasn't for Westcott and Hort giving us a Greek text, we would have most people still using a Bible, the King James Bible. See, when I say a Bible, um, most people that use a version of the Bible whether they believe it or not, the people that wrote those versions of the Bible don't believe they have every word of God. The people that sell those, the marketers of those publishers, don't believe they have every word of God. But in the King James Bible, as we proved a couple services ago, we do have every word of God. It was inspired by God. It was written by man. It was copied word for word by man. It was translated word for word. And if it's an exact copy, it's inspired by God. And if it's an exact translation, it's inspired by God. All the way to we have the King James Version of the Bible, so you can, uh, you can uh, in, be intellectually honest with yourself and say, I believe I have an every word Bible. Most people don't believe that, or they haven't thought about it. Who are Westcott and Hort? Well, Westcott organized a club at Cambridge University, and he named it the Hermes Club. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I almost want to roll the, the R and say Hermes Club, but I'm not sure. We'll call it Hermes. The club met for three years from 1845 to 1848. The name Hermes comes from the god of magic and occult wisdom, the conductor of souls to Hades, the lord of death, of cunning and trickery. The medieval legend that witches made the sign of the cross upside down began with the worshipers of Hermes. All right, so Westcott started this club at Cambridge University, which was a religious school, by the way. It's like a Bible college. And so he started this club, which was the, basically this occult club. That's the man who, and I'm going to give you a whole lot more, but that's the man who's responsible for giving us the Greek text that gives us all the new versions of the Bible. You've got to consider the source, and Jesus said, beware of the scribes. Herbie's became the God within, sought by all religious philosophers of the Gnostic period. Uh, Neoplatonist philosophers called Hermes also this, we call him this, the Logos. Interesting that the Maybe the biggest company for selling Bible versions online is Logos. Just an interesting connection there. There was a, a demonic, very satanically influenced woman. Her name was Madame Blavatsky, a Russian woman. She wrote a book called Secret Doctrine and a lot, a lot of other stuff. In fact, Blavatsky, Madame Blavatsky, uh, she, talked to, she talked to demons she was a, a medium, a, a, a channeler of, of, of demonic messages, like a, somebody that would tell futures and, and things like that. It's very, very influential, very powerful. She had a huge influence also on Westcott and Hort. 
Isn't that interesting? There's somebody that would be so deep into witchcraft and the occult influenced the men who gave us the script to, that gave us the new versions of the Bible. You may say, that's, that's too much to believe. I promise you, you get in, you research this yourself, you're going to find it all there. She wrote a book called Secret Doctrine, and she says this. Remember the name of the club? The name of the club was the Hermes Club. Westcott organized it. You might say, oh, that was just an accident. He probably didn't mean to do that. I'll show you otherwise here in a minute. But uh, Madame Blavatsky wrote in this book, Secret Doctrine, Satan or Hermes are all one. She goes to back that up by saying he's called the dragon of wisdom, the serpent, identical with the god Hermes, inventor of the first initiation of men into magic, the author of serpent worship. Madame Blavatsky's logo that represents Hermes is a serpent biting its tail. There's a man named Tex Mars. He wrote a book called The Occult Underground. He says this, that Hermes is the entry point of scholars and philosophers into the occult. The really smart people get into the occult, and Hermes is the door to that. Hermes was the original hermaphrodite. What is that? The fusion of a male and female into one person. The priests of Hermes wore female garments and other things to make them appear female. Just kind of seeing where this is going. And he chose, Westcott chose, to name his club the Hermes Club. He was a very, uh, very educated person. This wasn't an accident. One historian cites letters between members of Westcott's clubs and reveals homosexual relationships between those members. This is the guy that gave us the text that the new versions of the Bible come from. The School of Hermes is now listed as a New Age organization in the English New Age Network magazine. You can look it up, and it's New Age. It's a cult. Um, Benjamin... Uh, this man's name, Cremay, I think is how you say it, and Madame Blavatsky both called, both called the New Age Christ Hermes. So the New Agers are expecting a Christ to come on the scene, which we know they are. They're just going to call him Antichrist. And they're expecting this new Christ to come on the scene. But Madame Blavatsky and others called this new Christ, this um, Antichrist, well, that's what we know him as, but they're expecting this Christ to come on the scene. They call him, interestingly enough, they call him the Christ. Not just, not Jesus Christ, the Christ. You're going to see that next week when we go into the doctrine of whether Jesus is God and how they, how they confuse that. Uh, but they call this the Christ. They call him Hermes. So Westcott organized this group called the Hermes Club. Now Westcott and Hort together organized a group called the Ghostly Guild. The Ghostly Guild. The idea behind this was they sent out flyers all over the college and maybe even around town, they sent out these flyers. They called them circulars back in those days. They sent out these flyers advertising for this new club called the Ghostly Guild. And what they were looking for was any kind of person's, any person's experience that had to do with the supernatural or seeing visions or any kind of miracles or, or any kind of ghost visions. And isn't it interesting? A lot of like the History Channel, Discovery Channel, make a big deal about this type of a thing. Haunted places and, and, and um, the ghosts and, and all, this, all this stuff is still a big deal. But they started this club called the Ghostly Guild. Now the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Okay, we see that around us. But what, what's happening to cause them to depart from the faith or goes along with it? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 
And that verse describes so perfectly what Westcott and Hort were doing. They started the ghostly guild. The doctrines of devils in the new translations are a reflection of the New Age movement. Um, Mr. Hort wrote this. He's a, this is a letter. That, a lot of what we know about what they believed is in the letters that have been found written to each other and to others. Mr. Hort wrote this. He said, Well, Scott Gorham, C.B. Scott, Benson, Bradshaw, Laud, and he names lots of people's names, and I have started a society for the investigation of ghosts and all supernatural appearances and effects. Being disposed to believe that such things really exist, Westcott is drawing up a schedule of questions. So he started this, this club. In the same letter, Mr. Hort calls the King James Bible, taken from the Greek textus receptus, villainous. He, said he, he hates the King James Bible. Mr. Hort's son wrote a biography about him, and he said this, Hort seems to have been the moving spirit of the boogie club, as the scoffers called it. Aroused a certain amount of derision and even some alarm, it was apparently born too soon. The world wasn't quite ready for what they brought onto the world. Mr. Hort wrote this in a letter to another person. He said, I, he said this, I sent you two ghostly papers. All right. So the, the circular they're sending out or this newsletter type of thing they're sending out. You can have more if you want them, but I find they go very fast and the 750 copies which we printed go by no means far enough. So this paper was actually like a, a newsletter telling these stories that people are submitting to them about ghosts and the boogie club, as it's called, but, but, but real, right? And so what they're decided to do, let's, let's um, explore these, um, uh, these stories, which led to deeper and deeper um, occult and satanic activity. Westcott's son wrote about him. He said, Westcott took a leading part in their proceedings, and the inquiry, inquiry circular was originally drawn up by him. That's the flyer that they sent out to everybody. He also received a number of communications in response. Here's what Westcott's ghostly circular contained. It wasn't the whole thing, but here's part of this, this, um, this flyer that he's sending out. But there are many others who believe it is possible that the beings of the unseen world may, may, may manifest themselves to us. Many of the stories current in tradition or scattered up and down in books may be exactly true. So they're looking for these stories. A historian was writing about the foundations of the occult revival. What a revival, the occult revival. Late 1800s, that's exactly what was happening. This enlightenment was happening and, and a revival of witchcraft of occult, Wiccan, all, all that type of stuff. So he, he, he had this book, and he's writing about how that happened. He said, first mention should be made of spontaneous cases of haunts, apparitions, and the like. The founders of psychical research, the Cambridge Ghost Society, had collected them by a circular. Westcott and Hort were in part responsible for the occult revival of the late 1800s. The revival of, of, of open witchcraft. And they're the ones that gave us the text that the new versions of the Bible come from. The, the publishers of these new Bibles, I read the quote to you from Zonderman. They know that Westcott and Hort are the influence for the new versions of the Bibles. They just don't tell us who Westcott and Hort are. Another historian named Alan Gauld listed the ghostly guild among the founders of the new age. All right, we've heard about the New Age. Who started the New Age? Well, the Ghostly Guild was part of the starting of the New Age. Who started the Ghostly Guild? Westcott and Hort. Westcott and Hort 
are part of the introduction of the new age into the world. And they gave us our new Bibles. This is what he said about them. In 1851, was founded at Cambridge a society to conduct a serious and earnest inquiry into the nature of the phenomena vaguely called supernatural. And a number of distinguished persons became members. And Westcott and Hort were two of those. <clears throat> Letters between Westcott and Hort show concern that people would not look upon them favorably for being involved in what was at that time called spiritualism. If you knock on somebody's door, you share the gospel with them, and you say, hey, do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? And they say, I, I'm not into religion, I'm spiritual. That's what they're talking about. We talk about spiritual, we think, oh, you're a spiritual person, that's great. So you're going to heaven too. No, their spiritual is talking about the occult, it's talking about witchcraft, it's talking about all this, this, this uh, real type, black magic type of stuff, or white magic for that matter. I read this this morning, but I want to read it again. This is a letter that's uh, uh, written between Westcott and Hort. I don't know which one wrote it, which one received it, but this letter was between them. And I read this this morning, so bear with me. I just want you to hear this again, or if you didn't hear it this morning, I want you to hear it. It says this, Strike blindly. Much evil would result from the public discussion. I have a craving that our text should be cast upon the world before we deal with matters likely to brand us with suspicion. So here's what he's saying. Let's be careful in starting these clubs. The Ghostly Guild, other clubs like it. Because if we start this before we publish our Greek text, people aren't going to want our Greek text. Because they're going to say, oh, those two guys are the ones that are involved in these, in these uh, um, suspicious um, beliefs. He, he develops that a little bit more. He says this, I mean a text issued by men who are already known for what will undoubtedly be treated as dangerous heresy. They knew it was heresy will have great difficulty finding its way to regions which it might otherwise hope to reach. In our day, we would say, if we publish this book now, no bookstore is going to sell this. That, that's, that's what they're saying. People aren't going to buy this. If People aren't going to read it if they know we're involved in the occult before we publish it. If only we speak our minds, we shall not be able to avoid giving grave offense to the miscalled orthodoxy of the day. Evangelicals seem to me perverted. There are, I fear, that means the, the, the people who believed the Bible, uh, he said uh, they're, they're, they're twisted, they're perverted, they believe wrong. There are, I fear, still more serious differences between us on the subject of authority, and especially the authority of the Bible. At present, very many orthodox but rational men are being unawares, acted upon by influences. That's like um, Darwin, evolution, and things like that, which will assuredly bear good fruit in due time if the process is allowed to go on quietly. Look, if we just allow this to happen, eventually people are going to be converted to a different way of thinking, and then we can publish a new Greek text which is corrupted, which takes away the virgin birth of Christ and takes away the literal death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It takes away hell. It takes away the sin problem. They weren't, they, what they were saying is the world is not ready for us to be, to, to have these, these um, demonic clubs and publish this Greek text at the same time. We've got to wait a little bit longer. I'm going to skip a whole lot here about one of uh, Westcott's students. We'll have to come back and visit that at another time. Uh, they started the uh, Ghostly Guild. They started the Hermes Club. 
Another group was called the Apostles. It was limited to 12 members. Um, Hort joined this group in 1851. His son wrote about it. In June, he joined the mysterious company of the Apostles. He was mainly responsible for the oath which binds members to a conspiracy of silence. The Apostles were very involved in things like seances, where a group of people would come together and um, actively ask the demonic spirits to communicate with them. Um, Hort wrote to Reverend John Ellington, he said this, I fear you scarcely tolerate my having joined the apostles. Uh, they invited, uh, Westcott and Hort invited uh, Sidgwick, that was, that was one of the students of, of Westcott, to join. Um, another man who joined the apostles said this, this caused him to be expelled from his professorship because of heresy discovered in written correspondence between he and Hort. Another club was the Iranus Club. It was started in 1872 by Mr. Westcott. Uh, Hort was a member. Sidgwick, was the, the student, was a member. Hort called it a Senior Apostles Club. They were actively involved in seances, communicating with the dead. Uh, not the dead, but demons. Members of the group are also part of Bible revision committees. So members of this, this Arena's group, members of Bible revision committees, they have books in print today that are known as standard works on the Greek New Testament. These are people that were part of this particular club. The senior apostles, the seances, the communicating directly with demons. Think about this. The men who gave us the Greek text that the new versions of the Bible come from, were communicating directly with demons. Other people have written books um, by uh, communicating directly with demons, and I, I threw them into to my notes here. Let me just see if I can um, see them. I don't have them just right in front of me, so I have to pull them up another time. There, there was one lady, I forget her, Daly, Alice Daly, or Bailey, Alice Bailey. Um, she wrote 24 books. As I understand it, I just researched it a little bit last night. As I understand it, 19 of those books that she wrote, they're all on, they're all on the occult. They're all on uh, stuff that you wouldn't want to get into at all, just wicked, horrible things. But 19 of those books were given her directly by some spirit, a demonic influence, demonic spirit. The words were given her, um, this, this person came and, and she wrote down what this demonic spirit told her to say. We look at that and we say, that's horrible. I'd never read a book like that. But if you pick up a new version of the Bible, you are reading a book influenced greatly because they took their, their words from the Greek script, of the, the Greek text that Westcott and the Hort, that, uh, they not only translated it, they, they made it match what they believed. We would never read a book by somebody like Alice Bailey who got it from a demonic source, but we would open a, what we think is a Bible and read it from people who were involved in seances and, and communicating with the dead. The Bible talks about this. We call it necromancy and, and, and uh, communicating with devils and spirits. And, and as, as we read the verse, in the last times, 
Um, let, me, let me read that one that to you. I've got a lot of notes here, so give me a, give me a chance to find that one again. Um, one more page back. One more page back. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. What are they doing? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What I want you to understand, and we're going to have to be done for tonight, but I want you to understand these new versions of the Bible. Ready? Here we go. The NKJV, the NIV, the NET, the ESV, the NASB or V, whichever one you want to say, the Living Bible, the, um, the, the uh, New World Translation. Yeah, that's the Jehovah's Witnesses one. It's amazing how it fits, and it came from the Westcott Hort Manuscript, and it fits the Jehovah's Witnesses religion just perfectly. And all of these came from Westcott and Hort, right? Which came from these corrupted and perverted um, Greek manuscripts. But not only did it come from these corrupted and Greek manuscripts, Westcott and Hort got so much of their, I don't know the right word to say it, inspiration. They were directly involved in the occult. The devil had a straight access to them as they were writing the Greek text that is in all these new Bibles. I've researched this. I've studied this. Now, you can... Uh, Listen to whatever person you want to say, and they're going to, they're going to argue against this. They're going to, they're going to try to, 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 to break this apart. But if, if you study it, you research it, you're going to find that it is true. They're going to say, these new versions of the Bible, they leave out words, they leave out verses, because they come from older and more reliable manuscripts. I think we blew that out of the water last week. We showed you where those older and more reliable manuscripts come from. But the other problem is the scribes, the people. And we read a quote this morning. You can't come to a translation of the Bible and leave behind what you believe. If you're a Catholic, you're going to bring that to it. If you are in the occult, demon worship, or demon possession, or talking, whatever it is, you are going to bring that to it. So my warning is this as we finish. Be careful about these Bibles. A modern version of the Bible is corrupted and it has been influenced by the devil. I don't know if I can say it any clearer than that. The devil questions God's word. He contradicts God's word. He changes God's word. And we are seeing, in my lifetime, I'm seeing it happening before my eyes so that the majority of people in our world do not have a pure, inspired, infallible Word of God. <laughs> Brother Brad and I were talking about this. The Bible is your sword, right? We've traded our sword for a little plastic or aluminum one. It's not powerful, not going to get the job done, and it's no wonder we're not seeing revival in our country. It's no wonder our country's going the wrong direction away from God. Father, I pray that you would just help us to be wise in the decisions that we make. We, we understand there is a battle going on. And it makes a whole lot of sense. If I was the enemy, I would try to change your words too. And I'd try to sell them to everybody. And I would try to get everybody reading from something that's actually not your words. 
And I would try to get um, my side to influence it. And I'd try to corrupt it. And I would try to, to, to change it and take out the important, vital, vital doctrines of Scripture. And that's exactly what we see happening in these new versions. Lord, I pray that you would help our people as I love them so much. And, and I'm trying to be so careful not to be <coughs> sound at all mean about this. I just want them to know. I want them to be able to realize that this really is a battle. It's a very real thing. I pray that you'd give us wisdom to make the right choices in, in getting the right Bible. And Lord, at the same time, we thank you that you gave us the Bible. So many, millions, millions have died so that we can have this Bible in our hands right now. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you that you gave it to us in the first place. You didn't have to do that. But you loved us so much. Not only did you send your son, but you gave us your words. You told us how to be saved. You told us how to go to heaven. Thank you for your word. I'm going to ask the piano to play. Would you stand? Your heads are bound. Your eyes are closed. We'll have a short invitation time. Would you thank God for his word? Maybe, maybe you've been struggling in this area of which Bible should I use. You, you need to realize this is very real. The, the influences on these new Bibles is satanic. Just, I don't know that I can say it any more simple than that. Whether you agree with me or not, would you at least consider the possibility? If it was even possible, if there was even a chance, I wouldn't want one of those in my house. I don't want a, I don't want a satanic movie in my house. I don't want it's something with the occult in my house. There's a DVD in my house that had witchcraft in it. I'd get rid of it. But we have these modern versions of the Bible so influenced by the occult. Not only do we have them in our house, we think we're reading the Word of God. And I know what I'm teaching tonight is not popular. And I know that every Christian radio station in our city would disagree with that because all their speakers, they sell all their books, make a whole lot of money in the bookstores would be totally against what I'm teaching tonight. Father, I pray that you would help us to stand for truth, help us to stand for right, and Lord, I pray that you'd give us a good spirit about it as well. Thank you for loving us. I pray that you'd help us to show your love to others. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to share the gospel with somebody this week. Pass out a track. Um, share the gospel. Tell somebody how to be saved. Give us an opportunity. Lord, please use us. Help us to make a difference in our circle of influence, whether it's our small circle or it's a big circle, whatever it is. Lord, please help each one of us. And Lord, I pray that you'd protect each one of our people. I pray that you'd keep them safe. Or a lot of folks struggling with sickness. Please keep our folks healthy. Help us as we serve you and we live for you. Help us to be good ambassadors for you. Help us to... Uh, give you a good name among the people that we talk to and we spend time with this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, quick, quick, uh, quick, quick announcements. I'm finding my, my uh, sheet right here. Okay, um, no teen time for the next three Wednesdays. 
Um, next Sunday, we are having a potluck right after the morning service. Sign up out in the foyer, and we'd love to have you come to that and uh, bring some food. Uh, there is a ladies' pep talk August 1st. Miss Debbie's going to be teaching that, and uh, they're going to have a clothing exchange. So take a look at the bulletin. All the details are in there. You don't want to miss that. Uh, sign up in the foyer if you're interested in uh, coming to the uh, ladies' pep talk. And then a big thank you to the New Heights Baptist Church family we're working together. You prayed for the conference. You invested in it. You gave money. You gave time. You gave um, all the energy you had. Probably went home and passed out yesterday or the day before. Thank you for that. And um, all right, I got a, got a little note here. Um, we don't have a schedule yet for the Christmas. There's questions about the Christmas program. No, we do not have a schedule yet for the Christmas program. We do have it on the calendar when we're going to do it, but we don't have a schedule. And yes, James will be backed back for our Christmas program. So um, that's, that's the plan anyway. We're going to have to get him back here to, uh, to help direct our Christmas program, make that happen. All right. Um, we do need CDL drivers. Keep praying about that. I've got two, uh, no, three awards to give out. This was uh, from our car wash. Let's see. Is Armando here? Armando, I believe this is, I think it's $200. Does that sound right? $100, $200? Which one is it? Is it one? Is it one? It's $100. Armando, congratulations. Um, this goes to uh, Julia. Julia, she, um, she raised $2,000, a little over $2,000. So uh, there's a um, $500 reward for you. And Jonathan, Jonathan, uh, he won, uh, not won, he earned this one. Right? The difference between a gift and earning it. We've learned that, haven't we? So he earned this. It's a $50 reward for uh, raising the money during the car wash. Thank you for so many people helping with that. We raised over 10, it was $10,700 or a car wash. Thank you all for helping so much with that. I am going to pray. We're going to be dismissed. Choir will start in five minutes. Father, thank you for letting us spend this time together tonight. I pray that you would help us to stand for truth, help us to do right, help us to live for you this week. Thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here tonight. You're dismissed.